Welcome to the sermon podcast for New Life Church's Cabot Campus. We are located at 3400 West Main Street in Cabot, Arkansas. Our service times are Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. To find more information about what we believe, upcoming events, and more, please visit newlifechurch.tv or you can text the word Cabot to 88,000. Morning. Oh, that's not going to work. When coach says, let's go, players ready to go. I'm former coach. Good morning. Oh, that sounds like you really want to be here. That makes God a little bit more exciting. Now, I'm sorry if, if I hurt ears today. I'm loud. I mean, that's, that's just how God made me. So blame it on him. You leave here, you can't hear. Talk to God. Y'all, y'all work it out because I, I can't help you there. But it was really a joy and honor to be here. Um, like I said earlier, I'm here with my wife, Leslie, and our daughter, Faith. And unfortunately or fortunately, they have to get up early in the morning and travel with me wherever we're going. So they might not be as wide awake as usual, but, but they're happy about being here. Um, it's, it's really funny. I, I just came on staff at West Little Rock um, with, with Harry Bates and, and Pastor Rick, and we're very excited about being there. But one of the things that I had said to Leslie several weeks ago, uh, and I don't know why, in all honesty, I said to her, um, you know what, Leslie, I would really love to visit two campuses. I would really love to go preach at two campuses. She just kind of looked at me, Robert, we're just getting started. Hey, wait a minute, bud. Um, And I said, the two campuses was Fayetteville and Cabot. And I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe after this is over, y'all might have said, God told you the wrong town. Because um, you got it wrong today. But um, it was something that was in me, and, and I just said it to her. And several weeks later, I'm here with you. And I am very excited about being here with you. Um, this, this is the love of my life, to, to be able to preach God's word. Um, we have a little ministry called Upshaw Ministry on the side that, that we do, and what we do is go out to schools and we talk to young guys about young manhood and, and about what their role is and trying to prepare them for later on in life so that they don't have all the hiccups and hangups that some of us older guys are still dealing with um, right now. And God has blessed us, blessed that hundreds of students have come to know the Lord and, and it has been absolutely amazing. So very, very thankful for that. Let's pray and let's see what God has for us this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, you are the great and mighty God. How good it is to be in your presence, to know that you are here, Lord, to know that you want to hear our voices, to know that you want to feel what we feel and understand where we are. Father, there's nothing that's new to you. You know where every person is in here, what's going on in their lives, what hurts are there, what frustration is there, Lord what their victories have been and what their joy has been and what their failures have been, Lord. There is nothing new under the sun. I am so thankful that you know us completely, that you understand us because you created us, Lord. And Father, I know as we walk into this building and as we laugh a little bit and smile a little bit, I know deep down inside of some of us, we are struggling. And Father, I don't think there's any better place to be than to be right here in your presence 
to where you can hear the struggles that we have so that you can comfort us and encourage us this day. Father, I just want to lift you up. I just want your name to be proclaimed. I just want you to be glorified through this time. And I ask and lift these things up in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. When I begin to ask God about what it is that he wanted to share here this morning, um, several things went through my mind and in and out of my heart, and I usually bounce things off Leslie. Um, I don't know how many of you guys that love your wife <laughs> and y'all bounce things off one another, but, but I do it um, because I don't trust Robert. I, I don't trust me sometimes and what God is conveying to me. And so we go back and forth, and one of the things was compassion is what, what I thought, and then the other one was forgiveness. And the more that I think about our society and the, and the more that I think about what we've been through over the last couple of years, forgiveness was the easy one. Because when we're in a crowd this big and we walk in here, I know deep within our hearts there's things going on and there is hurt and pain that lies there. There are some of us still here that when we hear this word, it even conjures up these ideas and, and past pains and past regrets. And, and we start reliving all those things of what we once thought that we were forgiven for. Or for some of us, we think about who we are still have on the hook. That we're still mad at. That we still want revenge on, unfortunately. And where we think that we're holding them in prison, we ourselves are in prison. Because our hearts are full of stuff that God needs to get out of us so that we can be free to do what he's called us to do. Forgiveness. When I think of forgiveness, I always go back to the verse in, in Luke chapter 23, I believe it is, verse 34. And the thing that comes to mind is what Jesus said. When he was on the cross and when he was dealing with death, when he was thinking about you and I, when he was thinking about forgiveness, and it reads this way, he said, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes and cast it lots. Forgiveness, a word that's easy to be said, <laughs> but sometimes very difficult to do. And really in this walk, we gotta have it and we gotta be able to give it. And in giving it, we gotta be able to walk away from it and say it's finished like he did for us on the cross. I'm gonna share some things this morning and, and, and I'm gonna be honest, someone's not gonna be comfortable, but I think necessary. Because I think many of us still feel the hurt and pain and the frustration of an unforgiving heart or someone who has wronged us. But before I go there, I want to give a couple of definitions. I want to give a couple of de definitions that I found. And they are very uplifting. And I don't know if he has them on the screen or not, but I'm going to share them with you. It comes from Holman Bible Dictionary, and it reads this way. Forgiveness, an act of God's grace to forget forever. Maybe I'll read that again. It is an act of God's grace to forget forever and not hold people of faith 
accountable for sins they confessed. You know, we struggle, even those of us who are in here who know the Lord, who's been walking with the Lord for many years, this area in our life still we find to be very difficult because we just want to hold on to it. We want to use it as a crutch so that anytime we see her, oh, there she goes. You remember when? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You remember when he said that? About, yeah, y'all remember. When God says, how are you going to hold that over him when I never hold anything over you? Mm. Uh-oh. Razorback game not so happy anymore, is it? <laughs> Some of that joy has disappeared, hasn't it? But that's where we find ourselves, though. This subject is so important that the Mayo Clinic did a study on it. And these are some of the things that they came up with. Forgiveness can lead to healthier relationships, improve mental health, lose anxiety, stress, hostility, fewer symptoms of depression, lower blood pressure. I need to forgive some folks then. <laughs> improve heart health and improve your self-esteem. Now, this is secular. This is not God's word. But does it hit home when you hear those things? You just think about when we hold on so tight to those things that we just want revenge over that person. We want to get him, God. Get him. Get him. I mean, isn't that what goes on in our hearts and in our minds, in all honesty? We just want to get them. But that's not what he wants for us. That's not what he wants for us. That's not how he lived. That's not what he did. If you have your Bibles, open up with me. Matthew chapter 18, verse 21. Because the disciples came to him in a moment to where they thought that they had the right <laughs> to hold on to things. They thought they had the right to hold grudges and to hold things over people's head and to put people on the hook and not let them off. And he says here in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 through 22, two little short verses, he says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Me, 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 me. Always about me, right? Sounds like Peter, right? It's about me, 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 me. I don't want to forgive them. And Jesus says this. Up to seven times, up to seven times. Nope, Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. So what is he saying for us? That every time old knucklehead over here has some desire to say something mean and evil to me, that I got to forgive him? Yes, you do. You mean, no, so-and-so over here, he talks about me at work and tears me down and degrades me all the time. I have to forgive. Oh, yes, you do. But what if he does it 12 times? What if he does it 60 times? You see, in our God's word, it talks about this where we find ourselves in a battle within ourselves because we want revenge. That's what unforgiveness is. We want to strike out at someone. We want to make someone pay. We want to inflict somebody's pain. The same pain that I have, we want to inflict it on somebody else. And that's what we want. And we go around and we walk around. How can I get him? 
I'm going to get her. What can I do? What can I do? And we spend so much time and so much energy. First point is forgive others. Forgive others. And I know when that comes to mind, it, it sounds so easy to do. You mean all I have to do is forgive others and I can walk away and leave this as it is and I can be happy and my joy be restored and all that stuff? Well, that sounds real simple. But this is us as humans, right? But you don't know what she did. You don't know how he hurt me. You don't know how they've devastated my life. We have to remember that forgiveness it's not always for us. I mean, excuse me, for them. It's for us. It's for us. When we let somebody off the hook, we're saying, you will pay the consequences from him. And I'm going to let you go. Because my life is miserable. The more that I hold on to this thing, the more that I hold it against you, the more that I struggle with it. And now my life has become bitter and I'm angry and I'm stressed and I'm lonely and I'm frustrated and all of this stuff could be over with if I just let you off the hook. Forgiveness is just saying simply I know what you did was wrong to me. But just as Jesus did for us, I forgive you. And Mark Chapter 11, verse 25, he says this. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. He makes it plain and clear. There is no forgiveness for us without forgiving those who have wronged us. He makes it abundantly clear. When you think that your life is so right and so straight and you have everything going for you, but you have not forgiven your brother, well, then you have something you need to get corrected. Because God's not going to bless that. He's not going to honor that. He's not going to use you in the capacity that he could really use you unless you have completely forgiven. No forgiveness means no solid relationship with Christ. No forgiveness means no healing for your soul and for your heart. No forgiveness means that there will be anger and bitterness that will set in you and will affect all your other relationships. And above anything else, no forgiveness for the other person gives Satan the victory. You see, he's good about bringing things along in our life to trip us up. And this is one of the areas where he trips us up. How can I affect their life and make their life miserable? Oh, just let them hold on to grudges. <laughs> That'll destroy them. And if you think about it, for any of us in here this morning who is holding on to something, Satan is having to feel that he's just laughing. <laughs> because he knows he has you. He has you. And inside of here, every day that you look in the mirror, Every time you look at your kids, every time you try to do something, he reminds you, you're not who you claim to be because you won't let your brother or sister off the hook. And he's saying, I love it. Keep it up. Good work. 
it has to break God's heart when he sees his people who know him and who claim to love him and who want to serve him and please him. But we can't say to our sister or our brother that sits right beside us or that we work alongside that you're forgiven. I no longer hold this against you. I'm no longer going to hold this over your head. It's been years. And some of us, even right now, it's been years. And we're still holding on to it. And God is saying, let it go. In Ephesians 4.32, he says this, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ forgave you. See, we want to walk around, I'm all dignified, I'm holy, I'm special, look at me, I love the Lord. But do you love the brother that you hate? <laughs> do you feel that? You claim that you love me and you're dignified and you're holy, but the person that you see right across from you every day, you want him to burst hell wide open. Some of us in our relationships with our parents, with our kids, we're still holding it. We're still holding that hook into them. Saying, I'm not going to let them off yet. I'm going to hold a little bit longer because I can. Not because God is telling me to, but because I can and I want them to hurt. I want them to pay a price. Just think if that's what Christ thought about us. I'm not going to the cross. I'm not going to pay the price. I'm not going up there and have my body ripped and torn. Let someone else do it. Praise the Lord that that wasn't his attitude. Praise the Lord that he was always thinking about us and what he had to do to set us free with his forgiveness. Forgiveness, there are stories all through the Bible. You, you've read the story about Joseph and how he forgave his brothers in Genesis chapter 45. Stephen, when he was, he was being beaten and when they were throwing rocks at him and when they were destroying him because he wanted, all he wanted to do was to tell people about Jesus, he said, forgive them. Forgive them. In the midst of being killed, being hit by big rocks, forgive them. Forgive them. When King David was being chased by Saul all over the countryside. David forgave him. There is something about forgiveness that says when you let someone off the hook, there is a peace and a joy that comes inside of you. There is something that wakes up inside of you, and there is so much happiness that you feel so relieved that your heart is not cluttered with so much garbage anymore, and now God can use you. And now you can move on with your life. We must learn to forgive people so that what has happened in the past won't be so vivid in our life in the present. And that's what it is. We just want to hold on to that. We want to hold on to the past. We want to hold on to it. And God says, let it go. We have to learn to forgive one another. Forgive one another. Secondly, and this might be the hardest, we have to learn to forgive self. 
to forgive yourself. This is a tough one. Because what we do is that we constantly want God to keep spanking us. Right? Remember when mama said, it's coming? Y'all remember when mama said, go. My mama has 16 of us. Ooh, what were they doing? (laughs) I hear you. Talk to your kids later about it. But daddy and mama had 16 of us. And mama knew. Mama knew how to handle us. Go get your switch. You got something coming. What'd I do, mama? Go get the switch. And you know when we were young, those of us that lived in the country and we went to get switch, we'd bring one back about this big, right? Bring a little switch about this big, and mama would look at us. Oh, yes, she did. <laughs> That's exactly right. Mama went and got the switch. And you could just hear her tearing the leaves off. My mama stood about this tall. About this tall. And even at 88, she still intimidates me. She does. There's a reverence there when I enter into my, my mama. But forgiving ourselves, it is so difficult. It is so much easier to forgive someone else than when we start looking in the mirror at ourselves. There are times where we look and we say, man, what a mess I am. Look at all the things that I've done. Look at all the people that I've hurt. There couldn't be a God up there that really understands me, that really can forgive me for all of this junk that's inside of me. And it can only take one little thing to set you off, right? You'll be having a great day and things will be perfect. Um, Family's good, life's good, work's good, people are friendly. And then the accuser comes along and whispers in your ear, but remember when? Remember how you used to? And he begins to play games with our mind and with our heart. And there are moments when we go back and we start reflecting on all of what the Lord has delivered us from. And then we start reliving it. And some of us this morning are reliving it over and over and over and over again. That's not what the Lord wants for you. That's not why he went to the cross. That's not what he said for you. And in, in, in 1 John 1, 9, he says this, If you confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all un." righteousness. When he says that, as an individual, when we confess those things unto the Lord, when we pour those things out to him, when Jesus says he is just to forgive, it is finished. It is done. It is over. And he says, stop picking it back up. I think we're hindered more and more in our walk with the Lord because we keep looking backwards when he wants us to go forward. And that's just how the Israelites were, right? Every time something would go wrong, he'd say, oh, you should have left us in Egypt. We always want to go back to Egypt in this area. God has rescued you from Egypt. He has set you free, and he wants you to be free. In the book of Psalms 32 and 5, it says this, Then I acknowledged my sins to you and did not cover up my iniquities. I said, I have confessed my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt of my sin. (laughs) You hear that? You forgave the guilt of my sins. 
So whatever you've done in the past, whoever you've hurt in the past, when you've hurt the Lord in the past, he says when you confess these things that you are free, he acknowledges your sin. He acknowledges our failures and our mistakes. But he says, let it go. Leave it right here. Set it down. Quit picking it up every time that something goes wrong. It's almost like that little comfort blanket. Our little grandson has a couple of blankets, and when he's all wrapped up and, and he's all like this, he's just so happy. There are moments when we get wrapped up back in our own stuff because we found comfort there for some reason, somehow. We just want to feel guilty. We want to feel sad. We want to feel bad. And that's not what the Lord has for us. That's not what he wants for you. He wants you free. And to walk in that freedom and to walk in that grace that he has to offer to you. He has redeemed you. Why do we keep returning back to Egypt with our old sins, with our old failures? And I know for some of us in here, it's just become part of us. It's just become part of us. It's just easier. It's just easier to think of yourself as not much of anything. God can't use me. Look at all of what I've done. We just get comfortable with it and we just settle there. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants us thriving in life. He wants us free and praising him. He wants us out here doing work for him and honoring him. And there are times when we hold so tight to that past that we can't even enjoy the future that he has in front of us because we're constantly looking backwards. Let it go. Don't pick it up. You are forgiven. Receive that today. Quit carrying that big old luggage around with you, that big old burden. Did Christ not know that you were going to do what you did, that we were going to live a certain way that we lived before we got in touch with him, before he got in touch with us? Yes. Did we catch him by surprise with the way our lifestyle was? No. We didn't catch him off guard. He knew it was coming. And that's why he went to the cross for the sins in the past. For the sins right now and for the sins in the future. You gotta let it go. And remind yourself that the accuser, that's what he does. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He's the only one that's really gonna remind you of your past. And then maybe some of your evil friends. And maybe some of your relatives that you don't like. But I'm telling you, when Jesus sets you free, you're free indeed. And some of you this morning need to walk in that freedom. Some of you this morning just need to say, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of looking backwards. I'm tired of this being over my head. I'm tired of feeling ashamed about this every time that I'm reminded of it. Let it go. Release it completely unto the Lord. Let let him just come in and kind of wash you up. Just let his spirit 
because he's saying, I've done it. It's finished. Release the people that you're holding the grudges and release yourself. You can't forgive yourself. He's the only one that can forgive us and clean us up. But you can move on with your life by accepting that forgiveness. And some of us need to accept that forgiveness today. And then lastly, complete forgiveness. And why would I say it this way? How do we know that forgiveness is really available? How do we know that we really have it? How do we know that we really deserve it? Well, we really don't deserve it, right? Because what we really deserve is what he paid the price for to get us off the hook, to release us. He wants us to get rid of the guilt and the shame and the regrets, to let them go and be done with it. In Hebrews chapter 8 and 12, he tells us this, for I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Men and women, he will remember your sins no more. Amen. Some of you are just like, nah, he's going to remember my stuff. <laughs> he can't forget all what I did. <laughs> I will remember your sin no more. He goes on to tell us in the book of Psalms 22 and 1, Bless is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. That blood, that blood on the cross, your sins are covered. Your forgiveness, your redemption is all wrapped up in there. That's where it is. But we always think we got to do something. We got to do something. We got to do something. And that's not what he tells of us. And in 10, Hebrews 10, 17, 18, he, he makes it a little easier too. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And then he goes on to say, and where these have been forgiven, sacrifice for sin is no longer necessary. He's saying there is nothing else for you to do. There's no sacrifice. There's no praise that you can send up. There's not enough money you can give to the church. There's not anything that you can do. I have forgiven you, and it is done. It is completely done. And I think we got to walk in that. Because some of us right now, we don't really sense that. But it's true. His word says so. I believe everything that's written in this book. And when he says there's nothing else there's nothing, no sacrifice. It's not necessary. So all of what you want to do and all of what you want to change, it's not necessary. His forgiveness would be there if you did nothing but call out his name. It would be there. There's nothing that we have to work for. And yet we're so busy. Well, I got to do this. I got to be there. I got to do that. And God's just saying, stop it. 
Stop it. My grace is sufficient. Right? My grace is enough. It's enough. And some of us this morning, some of us this morning really need to just let that grace. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. That's where some of us are this morning. No one's ever going to forgive you enough except him. And when he says that he will remember it no more, we don't have to worry about what everybody else thinks or what everybody else might be saying behind our back. Because he says, it is enough. There's no more sacrifice necessary. There's nothing else you can do but accept my grace. Walk in my forgiveness. Walk in my love. Enjoy my peace. And get out there and go to work. Get out and enjoy your life because I've given you a great life. Be joyful. Let the peace of God reign in you. Share that with other people. Set other people free. There's time for us to be excited about life because he's done it all. He did it all for us, for people like us who are rebellious and hard-headed. And you know what? He would do it all over again for every one of us. You feel that? You hear that? He has done all that needs to be done. You just got to say, yes, Lord. (laughs) I need it. I need your forgiveness. I need to forgive other people. And I need to forgive myself so that I can be the man or the woman of God that you can use to bring others to you. You see, Satan wants to keep us caged up. He wants to keep us in that prison so that we won't be usable for the kingdom. He's a liar. He's a loser. And we have the victory. We need to act like it. Amen. Amen. (laughs) You know, today might be your day. Today might be your day that you say, Lord, I don't know what that forgiveness is. I've never accepted Christ. I don't have a relationship with him. I don't walk in those circles. But today he says, you can have that forgiveness. He makes it very simple. He says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, then thou shalt be saved. There might be somebody out here today that needs forgiveness of sin, that has been running from Christ, and they have hit rock bottom or close to it. And Jesus said, I forgive you. <laughs> oh, oh, I forgive you. Come unto me. Come unto me. Let's pray. Would you bow with me? 
Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for anyone in here this morning, at this moment, that does not know what it is to have a love relationship with you. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to that heart this morning and that that person would not say maybe next week, maybe next time, for you tell us to look to today, for tomorrow is not promised to any of us. And with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, is there anyone here this morning that needs the Lord? Just throw up your hand, let the Lord see you, and then throw it down. Is there anyone? Just between you and the Lord Jesus Christ, it has nothing to do with anyone else. Anyone this morning. Thank you back there. Is there anyone else? This is your day. Thank you back here in the back. This is your day to know him. This is your day. Don't put it off. Anybody else this morning? Anyone else? Thank you back there. If that's you, you simply just say, Dear Heavenly Father, I need forgiveness of my sins. I want to turn away from my wicked ways. And I want to give my life over to you. Please forgive me of my sins. And simply say, Jesus, please come live in my heart. Take control of my life. For I am bought with a price, and I know you prayed that, paid that price for me. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray this morning for anyone else this morning that sits in those seats that know that there's someone they're holding a grudge against. They know that they have not forgiven completely. I pray for those this morning that are still dealing with guilt and shame over their past mistakes and still hold tight on to this. This morning, Lord, I pray that we would be able to take care of business and just let it go, that we would just let it go. And wherever you are this morning, on whatever spectrum you're on, if you need to take care of some business with the Lord, I pray this morning that you would do that. The altars up here are right there where you are in your seat. It is time, men and women. It is time to just say, Lord, I need it. I want forgiveness, and I want to let go of all this stuff. Take control.